Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B. Fun fact about Nick B. He got arrested in Britain. For what? He violated his quarantine order to get fish and chips. Oh. What? Hey, fun fact about fish and chips in Britain. They're not fries. They're chips. Wait, they, what are they? They're chips. They're not chips. They're fries. Yeah, right? chips are French fries. Yeah. Fries are called chips. Yeah. Topsy turvy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I hope it was all worth it, Nick B. That's not a real fun fact, is it, right? That's a real fun fact. That's a hundred he's Nick behind bars. Oh no. Oh. This episode also brought to you by Ryan. 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 Hey, Ryan. So um, I was very angry at Ryan earlier today because Zoom wasn't fucking working. But Ryan, <laughs> Ryan saved the day by reminding me that um, Google Hangouts exist. Yeah, so there is you, a Ryan. free option. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> we are. So this episode truly brought to you by Ryan because she is the one yeah. that helped me find it in my heart to remember that I have another option. So Psst, Ryan is me. I need, <laughs> I, need <laughs> I just need to get Ryan on uh, Zoom and figure out what the fuck is going yeah. on. Here. We need Ryan All tech right. support. That's what we need. Ryan, if you right. can help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Matt. Matt. Mikey. Hey, Matt. Orca Borca. He said it was okay, so I'm leaving it in. Oh, we did say it was okay? Uh, yeah, we, we, asked we literally permission. asked him on Twitter. And when I say we, I mean Mikey did. And I said, if he says it's all right, Mikey, I'll leave it in. And he, he responded with, it's fine. Let's do this. Did he say it was Orke Borke? <laughs> it's Orke Borke. <laughs> he said they love Swedish chef. And of course, Matt wants us to give you guys Swedish facts every week, as well as Swedish chef impressions. So this <laughs> week, I'm going to give you guys the other half of the Swedish phone line. Remember that one <gasps> I did a few weeks back? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. yeah, so a part of that, and the reason they did that is because the Swedish Tourist Association loves finding new ways to market the country to people from other countries to try and get people mm -hmm. to come to Sweden, right? Yeah, it's like their job. Yeah, exactly. And the other one I didn't mention that week was... At Sweden was an initiative on Twitter where each week a citizen would take over their Twitter account and tweet things that interested them about their country, life, and work. That's awesome. Yeah. So they would literally turn over the credentials to their at Sweden Twitter account to just a citizen of the country to, and let them random? tweet about whatever. Yeah. Was it like a lottery? I, I guess you, you'd probably have to sign up saying you were interested and then it probably was a lottery system. Could you imagine if we did that in America? Oh, no. no it would be a I was nightmare. Just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mikey, we did do it in America. It's called the presidency. That's true. Uh, Tweeters would also interact with the public and answer questions about the country as they saw it. So that not only mm. would they allow them to tweet, they would be the person responding to the tweet. The initiative ran for seven years and more than 350 Swedish citizens had the chance to represent their country to the world. Oh, I want to do that. That is awesome, Except right? not about America. Right. I want to move somewhere else to do it. <laughs> Yay. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for uh, regaling us with all of your fun facts that I had to You know, Matt, up. if you want to tell us stuff you love about Sweden, put it in the Facebook group. Yeah, absolutely. We now return you to another episode of... Uh, the, the Patreonicals. Okay. Isaac has surrounded Mammaltopia with his army of robots, uh, Mad Max people, uh, and all this other stuff. Wait, there's more robots than just the Tristam bot? Yeah, he's brought out some cyborg type things. Okay. Mm. They look like Terminators, but they're not working great because it's still like present day. They just kind of suck. <laughs> They're like the Boston Dynamic robots that just walk around <laughs> carrying shit. There's a lot of armed people, and they brought enough stuff for like a big siege. And Isaac gets on the loudspeaker, uh -oh. and he's like, Eddie, bro. 
<laughs> He's very formal <laughs> when he talks over loudspeakers. Mm. Yes. We have to unite the people under the strength of Thunderdome. It's the way to keep humanity alive. Right. And Eddie was like, no. Yeah, isn't Thunderdome bad? Well, I mean, it's all a perspective. Yeah, it depends yeah, on it depends on how you view the world, really. Depends <laughs> on if you're evil or not, I guess. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> no, one think, <laughs> no one thinks they're the bad guy. Uh, That's unfortunately <laughs> true. Michael has set up, there's like all the people with shoulder pads and rifles, because he's like, he's Isaac's big general now, so Michael is, um, he's in it to win it. And um, <laughs> You gotta be. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Michael had the big plan of bringing a bunch of like drones to like drop grenades in Mammaltopia over the big wall. Yeah, over the wall they built, <gasps> yeah. It's an army no. of animals protecting a bunch of like innocent people who have gathered there because, you know, the zombie cannibals are still around. Right. So yeah. Michael gets Tristam out of the car, who's also a Terminator cyborg with a gun mm -hmm. arm, and then an antenna grows out of his shoulder. Uh -oh. And he starts Ooh. controlling all the drones with the grenades. And they've all, there's like hundreds of them, and they launch toward the wall. And then Eddie was like, we trained for this. I have an army of monkeys for this. So Eddie sends the army of monkeys, and they fling poo at all the drones and crash Ew. most of them. Oh, my God. They crash most of the drones with feces. What yes. have they been eating? Wow. There's explosions everywhere. There's some inside Mammotopia, but some outside. And this is uh -oh. just the first skirmish of the Battle of Mammotopia. Which side is good? I mean, it, it depends on your view. If, if you believe that every <laughs> legal dispute should be settled in a fight to the death, then you're on Thunder Domington team, right? Which side <gasps> flings poop? Mammotopia. Mammotopia throws shit, Jen. And that's okay. the side I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> They're tired of taking shit, you know? Might as well throw it back. So then we cut to the, the motorcycle sidecar. It's got okay. Mickey. Mac and his koala driving and Matthew is on there and they okay. come to a small town which is under attack by a group like a small group of zombie cannibals and there's innocent people there Matthew's regained all his memory and he's like uncontrollably sobbing uh, mourning the world that is lost or whatever and I uh, hear you yeah <laughs> Mickey Mickey Mac wants to save the people of the little town to make up for the souls of all the enemies he tortured and the koala's like totally up for it. And they both use um, <laughs> six shooters like the Old West. They shoot a bunch of uh, zombies and then like they go into town. And then what happens? Kate falls from the sky. How? She was abducted by aliens. Oh last my, time. I completely forgot oh, she was right. abducted by aliens. <laughs> we don't know if they're aliens or not. She falls down and she is like, hey, I woke up just now. I just, just gained my uh, consciousness. And I was uh -huh. in Thunderdome, and I remember bright lights, but I know I'm supposed to stay with y'all for whatever you're doing. And then Matthew's like, well, we're supposed to go on to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> but the small town ends up feeding them and giving them fuel and stuff. And the small town was like, look, we don't go towards Myrtle Beach because that place is... It's a tourist trap. Have you ever been there? <laughs> oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Lots of people are going missing there. And it's all terrible. And there's like really bad rumors, but mm. they're like, we're going to go anyway because Kate's like a super cool psychic person. And then the yeah, squall shoots is. gun. And Matthew was like, I just need to go. I need answers. I feel like answers are that way. All right. <laughs> they spend the night there, refuel. And then now Kate, she decides to drive. And then Matthew holds onto the back of Kate. And then Miggy Mac and the koala are in the sidecar. Why do the aliens or whatever take Kate to Myrtle Beach? What's going to happen at the Battle of Mammaltopia? How much <laughs> shit do the monkeys still have left to throw? Find out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. <laughs> this episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris.
Chris just wants you to know that you are not alone. And I know everything is really stressful right now. And it seems like there's a new crazy um, <laughs> patriarchal type story unfolding before our eyes. <laughs> Nightly, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're really not alone. And if you want to reach out, there are people here that um, see you and hear you and the Facebook group can be a safe place. And I want to like, go give that pro tip. If you don't like Facebook, but you still want to be a part of that group, just create a new account and don't friend anybody. And then the only thing you see is the group Uh, because it really is a great space. Like everybody is really positive and caring and people are talking about the struggles that they're going through and fun stuff too. Yeah. I mean, we have conversations every day that are horror related and some other things that are going on too. And we talk about movies too. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Chris just wants you to remind you, we see you, we hear you and we love you. So thank you, Chris. And thank you everybody in the Facebook group that makes that group so amazing too. Guys. I'm getting a sneaking suspicion that the theme music is actually just an animal that lives on top of a very big other theme music that we're going to have to worry about 93 minutes into this episode. Oh my God, it's theme music. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, did you make out with your neighbor yet? Fun fact, I went over there last night, we snuggled a little bit. Uh Did you get some COVID-19 in comfort? (laughs) Things are all flip-flop because of COVID-19. Wait, you had sexy time through phone? Yeah, we had phone sexy time. Tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Edit all of this out. Edit all of this out. Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies and you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch what I have to assume is a combination of The Abyss and Alien, but directed at Twilight fans. And that is Underworld. <laughs> nope. Nope. Underwater. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Yeah. Which, underwater. Side note. Underworld is good. I like that. Uh, okay. Anyways. Yeah. We watched Underworld this. Fuck. No. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I was drinking when you said that. Oh my god, I almost I almost had water come out my nose. Speaking of water, the movie we actually watched was underwater. underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm leaving all of that in because it's fucking hilarious. It's the curse. Alright, we gotta talk about this fucking movie. Okay. This movie came out earlier this year, like 2020. Uh, it was one of the last movies yeah. I saw in theaters. Yeah, it was one of the last movies I think <laughs> that came out in theaters, from what I understand. Yeah, it was in January, I think. We'll cover that when we talk box office, because I have all that information. Mm-hmm. But, Jen, okay. did you see it in theaters? I know you had seen it before. I didn't. I really wanted to see it in theaters, yeah. but I just didn't get a chance to. But I rented it about three weeks ago. Um, and I actually, I did a Patreon video about this in the Facebook. Yes, or in the Patreon you asked me for a bumper yeah. for it, so I remember that. I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll probably talk a lot about like some of the stuff I said in that video, but it is there. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Do but it. But yeah, it was one of those days like I was talking in therapy about like I have these self-care days sometimes where I just like lay on the couch with my soft blanket and I watch a horror movie and it was one of those movies that I watched. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I really dug it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, what did you think about it when you saw it in the theaters in uh, what I would assume was early January? I did it like, it was like a self-care day for me and I used to go to the movie theaters a lot and like I would go in the afternoon when like no one's there. And mm-hmm. I really like the movie. First off, The Abyss is one of my favorite films of all time. Absolutely. I like underwater stuff, but I really liked this movie. I think it did a lot of stuff that could have been cheesy if not done the right way. Mm-hmm. And I thought it pulled it off. And I like, I mean, I like horror sci-fi, which I feel like this kind of treads that line. Oh, yeah. I liked the message. I liked Kristen Stewart. I liked, I, I actually liked all the cast. And I'm not a huge TJ Miller fan, but even he was. I think he crushed it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this. Yeah. I don't really love TJ Miller's stand-up. I like him in almost every movie and TV show I see him in, though. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some not-so-fun facts about him that we can talk about later. Oh, shit. Have you not heard about this, Todd? No, I don't know anything about yeah. it. Oh, he got thrown off of Silicon Valley and everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. We'll get there. All right. Most characters had like a really cool arc or like like you learn their backstory. It was, it, I like that. Yeah, I have three issues with this movie that we'll get to, but overall, I thought it was great. I really liked it. I like that we've gone through JGJ's like whole filmography oh, yes. already. Dude, JGJ <laughs> is amazing and he's great in this. I think Kristen Stewart's a great actress. I just wish that she could get roles that didn't sound like she was in Twilight still. Because I think mm. she is so good and could really do some acting with better dialogue. And this movie, I think we compared it to Alien and the Abyss. And I loved both of those movies. I thought they were great, rad movies. Mm. Alien was a lot scarier than the Abyss was. But I think this movie was fun. The dialogue was trash. But other than that, it was interesting. I don't think it was all trash. I didn't think it was terrible until you have the main character talking to the girlfriend of JGJ while they're dragging him across the seabed floor. And then K-Stu goes, you really love him, don't you? And she goes, yeah. And then K-Stu answers with, that's really cool. Yeah. That's how people talk? In Twilight. She's trying to make small talk to keep her calm. I don't know. There's not that much you can say after someone says they love somebody. You say good for you or that's cool. I mean, like, that's what I've said anytime somebody says I'm in love with someone. I'm like, that's really great. What are you in Twilight, Mikey? Is that what you say <laughs> when people say they're in love with you? I don't say anything because cool. I'm like, peace. <laughs> yeah. That's when you see Mikey just disapparate. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough escape pods. <laughs> My only complaints were about the writing of this movie, which I do think that's really important. You got to have really good writing. And that's why I think it didn't live up to like a Alien or Abyss. It just was not as good as that because the writing was not good. Everything else mm -hmm. I thought was great and rad. And this, the overall story I liked. It's just the writing was pretty trash. I agree and disagree because there are problems I have with the overall story. And then there are parts of the script that I really enjoy. Yeah. You know? So I, I kind of am uneven with it. But yeah, I think the dialogue is serviceable. I mean, I don't think it's like super memorable, but I mean, it's like, not. I don't I don't hate it. And like, I feel that the movie makes up for it. Another, I mean, like, it's a suspense film and yeah. there's not a lot of downtime to talk anyway. Well, that's true. I mean, once it goes, which we're about to get into, but like it takes off. Oh, yeah. Honestly, and I think that's why Aliens is a little better because it starts at such a lull and you see their interactions and the like, characters are established before crisis. You're able to care about the characters a lot more than you are in this yes. movie. Yeah. I think one of my biggest problems is I didn't care about them in this movie as, as much as I did in aliens. This film kind of reverses it where like you don't learn a lot about character motivations until the very end. I think this movie is uh, in so many ways an inverse of alien like i think yeah. intentionally in ways and i think sometimes like just in the way the story plays out it almost like m does the opposite of what alien does which i really dig a lot of the times in this movie you know it's definitely not stereotypical for like science fiction horror kind of thing i also feel like the main character of this did not have a story arc really at all she was badass the whole time, and that's cool. It makes for a decent action movie. I don't think she had a story arc. Yeah. You just learn her motivations of like why she's that way as the film goes on. So it's not like she has a big like turn or change. Yeah. Because she's like not happy with life. She kind of went down there to escape the tragedy that happened to her. Yeah. Well, and so did the captain. And yeah, exactly. My biggest problem with it is just, and there are a lot of things I love about Kristen Stewart. But I do not like how she delivers lines or dialogue because, like, her style of being upset acting is, like, struggling to get through the words. Yeah. So, like, when she and Emily were dragging them through, the first time I understood what she said, and the second time I couldn't fucking understand half the words she was saying because she was saying, 
Yeah, he was, and they went to the, and she just like rushes through her words. Yeah. And that's like her way of expressing how upset she is, which is fine if you're a regular person and you're talking to someone one-on-one, but like, I, that's, I get so frustrated with her sometimes because I'm like, I can't understand what you're saying. That's the director's fault. If you're not getting what you want out of your actor or actress, and Kristen Stewart is capable of doing other things. So if that's the performance they wanted, that's. And I don't think she did right. I just think their, their view of the character was very muted and very like, okay, she has all this trauma, but she's like pushed it down and she doesn't want to talk about it. She wanted to save the captain because he has a kid. She wanted to save them because they have a love where she's accepted like, okay, this terrible thing happened to me. I don't have a lot worth living for in general. That's why I came down here to make money because I don't really have a purpose. Yeah. All that stuff's very muted. I think the more interesting character arc is Emily because she starts off yes. really, really scared. Yes. And she actually is the hero mm-hmm. of the film. But mm-hmm. I, I think we should just get into the fucking movie because like, we're going to talk about all this when we get into it. Yeah. All right. So we start with um, opening credits, which that is are an underwater so map. Long. It is so <laughs> long. The credits are like four minutes. Why? Why would you, you do so many that to me? <laughs> I like the credits on this one. I did too. Jimmits, yeah. you're on my side with the credits, Viking. <laughs> no, I, I think no, Todd I, just has a vendetta against credits. I like credits where you have to read the headlines to find out some context of the movie. It's like microfiche credits, and I, yeah, I'm down yeah. for it. We learned that they are in an underwater station. Um, Seven miles underwater, yeah. Yes, and I've got fun facts about the like real place that they are. Oh, wait, it's based on a real thing? No, you can't go down that far. Well, no, you can't. You mean like where they are? Yeah. Yes, where is they are. Like, They're on the Mariana Trench. Mariana's Trench, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a real place, but we've not gone all the way down there yet, which is we why have we haven't run into the real-life Cthulhu, yes. Exactly, yeah. Right. That's the one thing that's saving us, although yeah. I hear Elon Musk is on it. So. Well, well, right, well, he know. is a modern day HP Lovecraft. I mean, yeah. Did you see what he named his kid? <laughs> he is straight up a Roger Moore Bond villain. Yeah. When you enter life and your parents own a rare gemstone mine and you literally grow up with your brother having fights where you're throwing diamonds at each other, you're not going to have a regular life. He's never going to be normal and he's never going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. He's not on our side, guys. I mean, listen, I want a Tesla. If I if I had money, I'd buy a Tesla, but I still don't think Elon Musk is a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're starting to see that we are in this underwater mining station called the Kepler Station. Which is a ripoff of... Well, okay, so I've slowly realized that they're just using as many space references in their names as possible. Because Kepler mm. is Johannes Kepler, and he was an astrologer like 400 years ago or whatever. And then the whole time they're trying to get to the Roebuck, which is from Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just hammering in every space reference they can find because they really want you to know this is like space, but underwater. Yeah. And I actually really like how they treat underwater like space. I think it's really cool. On some you know? level, it is very similar because they have to wear like space type suits when they're down that low. The first draft was actually called just outer space. Oh, was it? <laughs> and it was just in space. And that's one of the things I do like because I feel like they there is a lot of, like when I first heard about this movie, I heard it was just an alien ripoff. And I don't think it is at all. I think there's a lot of parallels to Alien, but I think they intentionally, like it's a different story, you know? And I think the motivations are different too. But anyway, so we see, we start to see that there are some unexplained anomalies down here. And we don't know very much about that yet, although we will find out. Is this when she's in the bathroom, like brushing her teeth or whatever? Kind of. So we like pan down and this is it's like a really long thin space station although it's underwater and it's really cool but it's so cool like I was watching it pan down I was like oh it just keeps going and going and going and going and going you know but yeah they're at the bottom of the Mariana Trench and so Kristen Stewart is now in a locker room brushing her teeth and I just have to say like she is so hot in this movie (laughs) 
I love how she looks. Like, this is the movie that makes me want to shave my head, you know? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. And just wear like sports bras around. Like, her aesthetic, like what she's wearing in this movie, I'm like, yeah, I wear that. That's my look. Like, if I had an ideal look, it would be this movie. I love it. I thought she was very attractive in this film. And she's also got this necklace that keeps going down in her cleavage that she right. is like a sentimental thing. Okay, and here, I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about it. Here's the bone that I have to pick with this, is they could so easily have made her fiancé a girl or a woman, and it bugs me that they didn't. I don't have a huge problem with it, but I'm just like, she's already, like, she is one, like, a queer actress. And there's no reason for it to be a heterosexual relationship. So I wish they had just made it a woman. You know, we don't ever even see the person, you know. But she wasn't out at the time they filmed this movie. Was she not? No. Yeah, and I've got fun facts about when this was filmed, too. It's one of those things where it's like, I I almost felt like that love interest thing. It's part of what we're saying about her arc is that it was almost just thrown in at the last minute to make her more, like, feminized, you know. Oh, she's doing it for love, you know, because it doesn't really have much to do with what her character does in the rest of the movie you know this is a choice they could have made but they didn't what i'm saying is this was an opportunity for them to show a same-sex couple and they didn't and it bugs me so that's bone number one we'll get to the other two (laughs) (laughs) to refocus us back on track i don't like voiceover in movies especially when it's for no reason and this is why i felt it was a little twilighty the film is bookended by voiceover that i i feel like is sort of not needed if it's morgan freeman i'll allow it Yeah, but that's a very different style of voiceover. This is just like an angsty girl talking about angsty things, and it's not needed at all. I I don't think you can't establish her. You can't establish her character without the voiceover, which is the director's fault. She basically has to state, this is who I am at the beginning. Something bad happened. And at the end, she's like, come to terms with it or whatever. But what I like about this scene is that the spider crawls out of the sink. And it's like, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. How did the spider get there? Exactly. And it's just a fighter shadowing. No. Yes, it is. Because guess what else crawls out of a drain that's not supposed to be there? The bell rug of the movie. Yeah. They dug too deep. (laughs) I kind of agree. I don't love the voiceover, although it didn't really bother me because I like what she's saying. And she's just talking about how you lose sense of time. You know, y'all are like tearing into this movie it's just an action movie i was just happy that characters were in it that were like decent well we've talked about five minutes of it there are a lot of things that i do really <laughs> love about <laughs> so i do like that we don't get anything else before shit starts to happen all we do right. is see the two minutes of her brushing her teeth and talking to a daddy long leg spider and then boom shit starts happening like a minute and a half into this film so water is dripping from the thing which like the spider is not supposed to be there no. even though they're <laughs> underwater <laughs> that's not, fucked up yeah. because they're seven miles under the surface so like there's a lot of water pressure um it's real hard guys but so she's <laughs> like what the fuck and then all of a sudden the whole thing just explodes and like water is pouring in and it's like rocking and it's being really awesome and cool and she's running down hallways and trying to wake people up i do like these cool slow motion explosion shots that are throughout the film i do too i think the effects in this are amazing yeah mm-hmm. i think the effects were really well done yeah that's one of the mm-hmm. things i really liked about it but she gets to a place where she sees like this terminal and she's trying uh-huh. to close like a i guess a bulkhead of some sort and she yeah. meets another character whose name i can't remember because i rodrigo didn't... and i had to look it up rodrigo yeah there are a lot of characters in this but i had trouble learning what people's names were yeah i don't know anybody's name yeah so rodrigo is there too and she's like trying to figure out what's going on and she's like looking at tvs or whatever and then uh-huh. 
he's asking about it. Was it earthquakes or whatever? She's like, I don't know. And he asked, you're an engineer. And she said, yeah. And he, he goes, are you a computer? Are you a mechanical? And she's like, I'm a mechanical engineer. Yeah. She's trying to like hack in to close the door. But yeah. as that's happening, like the water is like gushing in like deep blue sea style. And yes. they see two people running down the hallway and they're like, come on, come on, come on. Like we tried to save the theme music earlier in this episode. Right. And I kind of <laughs> like this that they like, because in other movies, I feel like they would have just gotten in. You know, that's it's like a very um, train to Busan kind of moment, you know. But she was like, no, it's going to take the entire thing down if we don't close this door right now. So and also, to, those know. guys, and I think they were guys, they they were really far away. But they weren't even close. No, Like, they she close. definitely made the right call. There was well, no way they were going to make it, and then everyone would have died. I so, like yeah. that yeah. they weren't close, because both of them. Me too. Rodriguez and Kristen Stewart were like, mm, let's just close the door. Beep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think when I look at Kristen Stewart's arc in this movie, I think it's like a sacrifice arc, you know, where she's sacrificing herself or doing things so that other people survive. And I think this is part of it now that I think about it. They weren't even close. They were probably 10 feet away by the time they were overtaken by the water. Like there was right. no way they were going to make it. But they do close the door. And then there's yeah. another like big explosion. Anyway, she wakes up in some water um, and they're both okay. So we've got Rodrigo and Kristen Stewart at this Whose point. name is Nora. Yeah, Case Stu's yes. name is Nora in the movie. I did learn that one because everyone says her name. But yeah, they start sort of trying to get to the escape pods. But like yeah. everything's fucked up. Things are collapsed and they're just trying to get to where they are, right? Yeah, they're trying to get to the pod base where they can get right. to like escape pods. Um, but they're hearing like monster noises outside, which I th- always think of as like Jurassic Park noises underwater, you know? Yeah, yeah, like guttural moans and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's unclear whether it's like explosion noises or if it's like sinister, there's a monster noise, you know, which I think is cool. It's definitely sinister monsters, but we'll get there. Yeah. But they don't know that at this point. They're like, what the fuck is going on? I honestly thought for one second when they got to the pod bay, we were going to see just the captain recording a podcast. <laughs> I mean, he did have that hunched over look to him. Right. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they find out that the whole rig is pretty much fucked and that they're going to have to get out of there. Yeah. And that there are evacuation pods in sector seven. So now that's what they're doing. So they're walking through some tunnels full of rubble and they find TJ Miller there. Yeah, well, TJ Miller who is buried in yes, rubble. Yes, he is yeah. buried. Mm-hmm. They lift rocks to get him out and he has a little stuffed animal rabbit. Yeah, that brings me to my second problem with this movie and this one is not the movie's fault because I do think TJ Miller is good in this movie and I like him unfortunately he has allegedly done some things that I don't like so that's a problem and it's it's not the movie's fault that's a huge bummer yeah it's just one of those things that it's hard for me to overlook you know all that controversy I don't think happened until after this movie was done yeah this movie was filmed in like 2015 so yeah agreed and that's why it's one of those things it's like I love House of Cards and again I want to say I'm not blaming the movie for that it's just one of those things yeah Because I do really like his character and his dialogue is some of the stuff that I really like because I think his character is funny. I really wish that they had used his character to foreshadow what was going to happen at the end and not make him unexplicably obsessed with Alice in Wonderland because that never pays off in any way at all. This is another reason why it's bad writing to me. They could have easily have made him obsessed with like sea monsters. Yeah, or like Lovecraft. With Lovecraft or with like um, just general like old stories about monsters in the sea from like pirate era, right? 
And then yeah. Lovecraftian monsters would have been a part of that. And he could have like foreshadowed it some. But instead, they just make him obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. And then that never pays off. Yeah, that was the thing. Like when I was doing research for that, I, I didn't notice that the first time I was watching it. I was like, yeah. what? Oh, yeah. I mean, I noticed the rabbit, but it's like I just didn't pick up the Lewis Carroll references. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, I wonder if they cut out the part of that that made that make sense or if it was just something they threw in. Yeah. Like a character quirk or whatever. Right. I mean, you find out at the end that he was like her fiance's best friend, right? No, that's Jonathan Gallagher Jr. Are we sure? I think it was the captain. So I guess, no, we're not sure is the answer to that. <laughs> There's some debate about that, Mikey. <laughs> I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it was TJ Miller. Yeah, I thought it was the captain. But in truth, I don't really remember. And that's what I mean about the writing not being great. Like, I feel like they don't establish people's names very well. And then when they reference people's names, you just don't know who they are. Yeah. And one of the things I like about it is it's just like action nonstop. I really like that part. But I think you sacrifice story with that. And I don't feel like you have to. I feel like this movie does, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you like there are ways to weave that in that it makes more sense. Even just like one or two lines of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like it's a fun movie to just go along the, with for the ride. So I'm OK with that. Yeah, it's one of those movies that's fun to watch, but is instantly forgettable because of it. Yeah. It, and it's I think it's one of those things where it's just kind of frustrating because the seeds are there and they could have. But yeah, they didn't. Exactly. You know? OK, so they find T.J. Miller. Yeah. And they literally unbury him. Yeah. So now they're going through another scary hallway. But so as they're going through this, oh, there's a yeah. jump scare. And I was wondering because I watched this after you had posted that it scared the shit out of you. So I was trying to figure oh, out you? which ones it was. Yeah, I'll watch it pretty late last night. This is not the jump scare I tweeted about, but this did scare me. In <laughs> fact, in my notes, I literally wrote, dead body jump scare, fuck you movie. <laughs> but they're like crawling through this like tight space that has been compacted mm-hmm. because of the attack, right? And yeah. they come upon a dead woman, right? Yes, and yeah, that, somebody who's gotten crushed. Yeah. yeah, and that just scared the shit out of me. And Kristen Stewart has to move her hand out of the way, which is a little heartbreaking. And then she like scoots past yeah. and Rodrigo scoots past and TJ Miller scoots past too and they mm-hmm. get they get past it but it's it, it scared me i think it's an effective jump scare and i like how that adds to the movie because it reminds them like there were other people on the ship that yeah. died and it's you there know. was like what 300 or something but they, they said so. that 30 pods went off before i think yeah so some people escaped yeah sorry you say some people escape but in the end credits the only people that got out of the, the last two people who left and we'll get there but yeah well because they got got by the kids apparently oh is that what happened mm. I just don't think this movie's writing is very good because they don't account for that and then they, they pretend like the last two people who make it out actually made it out and no one else did yeah I guess it makes sense if the creatures did kill the pods as they went no joke Mikey they must have done that well yeah because yeah. they investigated a crash a pod that was attacked by a creature later on so that makes yeah. sense yeah All right, so they get to this pod bay, and Vincent Cassell is there, and he's the Captain Lucian. I'll probably call him Vincent, because I he's great. love him. Yeah. He is. He's been mm-hmm. in a bunch of stuff. He's mainly a yeah. French actor, but he's great. He's also super hot, so there are quite a few people that I have a crush on in this movie, and he's one of them. And I like him not playing an asshole, too. Yeah, you know? he's, a, he's a very sweet, sort of sad character. Yeah, but I feel like he plays asshole so well that that's what I have usually seen him play, you know? Yeah, and he's he's actually in the escape pod room, and they're trying to get yes, into the and- escape pod room, but the the door is jammed, but because she's a mechanical engineer, she figures out how to get it open. So she yeah, opens it. Yeah, like 10 then, seconds. Yeah, it's like, it's like nothing for her. But I mean, I, I, know, I, could, I, I, I sort of get that. She's a mechanical engineer. That's like her job. Exactly. And she's just good at her job. Like, that didn't bother me at all. But she does get into the room and then it. talks to the captain. Yeah, of course yeah. she did. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, the captain, like, he can't be expected to know every single detail of everything on this entire thing. Like, his job is to manage the people that do know that. 
Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think that was a nice little moment. Um, but he's asking, like, on a scale of one to ten, how bad, how fucked up is everything? And she's like, oh, it's a ten. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we're fucked. And then the captain says something that ensures he's going to die later and says, we're all going to get out of here alive. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, you're dead. You're yeah. never making it out. You have to say that if you're the leader. You have to say it. Yeah, and then you're going to die. Yeah. I say that all the time at work. You're going to die, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and I do think he's a good captain because he could have gone with the escape pods, but he didn't. He chose to stay behind, you know, yeah, which absolutely. I think maybe there's a little bit of a depression angle there because he, we also find out he has a kid or does he? Um, <laughs> he has a kid. His kid is no longer alive. There's a exactly. difference there. Yeah, right. But they're talking about how there could be more people up there because he's like, OK, they're comparing their knowledge. Like, what do we know? What's going on? Right. And there are multiple levels to this thing and it is exploding sort of top down or they suppose it is. So there are people on the other levels or yes, I, you have to assume there are. Well, and we're going to find out that there are because that's yeah. when we go to the control room and we find Emily and Smith, who is Smith is John Gallagher Jr. JGJ, Jr. baby. We love. Uh, yeah. And he's great in this movie. And I, I, although he doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but I love that he doesn't have a lot it's, to do. It's a stereotypical JGJ movie where he is a side character who does something really nice for a female character and then is taken out for the rest of the film. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, honestly, he is probably the best actor in this movie. I mean, I don't look at it as that much as he's rescued by someone. He is rescued by somebody. <laughs> right, yeah. I just mean he sacrifices his well-being for his love interest or a person because he's a good guy. He always Emily, plays a good for guy. Emily, his girlfriend, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she saves him. Yeah, he didn't die in acid this time, thank God. But I mean, yeah. you know, he's pretty much taken out the whole film. I mean, that's why I think that Emily's character is like the more compelling story that we should have been watching because she actually has like a, a crazy fucking arc that we sort of miss out the most on. I think it would have been really neat to see her perspective of like being weak and scared and like frightened and yeah. then like leaning on Kristen Stewart and then she getting taken out like halfway through the film. Kristen Stewart? Yeah. I don't know. I think we see enough of like, I'm happy with the way they presented her art. That would have been fucking awesome, Mikey, because then you're like, oh shit, this movie's about Emily. Yeah. And then she sort yeah. of takes the reins and becomes this badass, which she does. We just don't get to see it because we're I following. Like this, I like this movie. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it, it's yeah. an interesting arc. It's an interesting character arc. Okay. So we've got Emily and Smith. They're on like the bridge or whatever. They are. Yeah. So now we've got everybody, our, everybody in our Scooby gang is together. Our quote unquote survivors. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the ways that it's an inverse of Alien is in Alien, the crew, we start to see the crew fracture, you know, and kind of turn on each other and not listen to each other. Oh, and yeah. we don't see that here. And that's one yeah. of the things I really like about this movie is everybody is supporting each other. They're working together really well. Like they don't make it, but it's never because somebody was selfish or somebody like didn't take advice. Right, you know, right. there's they never turn on each other, which I love. I do like that. They're a well-oiled crew and everyone listens to the captain. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. The captain is like, okay, well, this is what we can do. We can get to the, the seafloor and we can abyss across the seafloor and then get yeah. to the Roebuck, which is like mm -hmm. a, another drill, I think, and then use the Roebuck's escape pods. I assume that was the plan, right? Right. And I do like this conversation because they're like, well, that's going to kill us or like that'll kill us. Right. <laughs> can you just admit that we might die? I yeah. love that. And then his thing mm -hmm. was, can you just admit that we might live? Because if we stay here, we're definitely going to die. And Exactly. I, I feel like that does a really good job of setting up the stakes in an interesting way because, mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know, yeah, you might very well die if you do this. But if we stay here, we're definitely going to die. Definitely. So you 
always got to choose the path that possible life exists on, you know? And this is one of the moments that I do really like Kristen Stewart's acting. I feel like this yeah. type of conversation works well with what with yeah. her style. We also find out that there's a shepherd station, which yes. is just kind of another element that yeah, we're going to I, for, I kind of forget later. why they chose not to go there. They bring it up in this conversation. That's when we first learned about shepherd station. But then the captain says something about it being decommissioned or it's like, it's not operable or whatever. I, I'm not quite sure exactly why they chose not to go there. I think it was like he didn't 100% know if they had escape pods still there. Or I, I don't think they do yeah. because Kristen Stewart does not get in the escape pod there. She right. just right. changes out her suit. Or, we'll talk about them when we get there. But, but like, it seems, we will. It, the conversation is quick and it's very logic oriented. Yeah. It's, like, it's a very realistic depiction of like decision making. Which is one of the reasons I like the captain and one of the reasons I like this scene. Yeah. Me too. And the movie in general. Like We're talking about them sacrificing a lot of the story, but I mean they give us enough to keep the action moving which i really like you right know? but they decide to do what the captain wants to do which is to get on the suits and then go to the seafloor exactly because what else are they gonna do yeah they literally have no other options. <laughs> yeah exactly it's the only possible life situation let's go towards that yeah and these fucking dive suits are super sweet i called them space wetsuits because they look yeah. like space suits but they're for underwater they they're yeah so cool right. but before they get these suits on jgj comes over and says hey i heard this big not monster noise yeah 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 like help me oh my god it's a monster oh have you read lovecraft oh it reminds me of that ah! So, guys, if you didn't realize what we just did, I literally just dropped in the actual audio of the transmission. So, <laughs> yeah, we tried to clean it up a little bit. That is literally what you heard if you watched Holy the movie. Shit. Was that? So I, I'm actually a little surprised at this point they didn't realize what was going on outside yet. I know because the the, the transmission really gives it away. Even it's gives away there. the source material. Like it's I insane. They didn't understand. I, that. I, can't, I can't do it. I cannot do this. <laughs> but the transmission really is just things exploding or what you what you recognize as exploding sounds, and then other sounds that are not exploding sounds that it cannot right. be accounted for. This is how I know I would die in a monster movie like this because if somebody was like, it seems like there's a creature on this transmission, I was like, shut the fuck. up. Up, the station's exploding and now you're talking about monsters let's just get out of here that's the most that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard yeah and then you get eaten by a monster you're gonna yeah. get deep blue sea I, I'm, I'm very logical and i'm like mm -hmm. come on guys but so tj does put some music on at this point that's when they get to where they're putting on the suits right yeah it's a, it's a suit yeah. up montage and so as they're doing this emily sees this mural that's real faded of a sea monster that could have been the thing tj miller was obsessed with but wasn't i wish the guy who had painted that wall art didn't die in the initial explosions and tj miller's character had died in the mm -hmm. initial explosion so we could have gotten those stories and the foreshadowing of what the fuck actually happens at the end of this movie right so they're all starting to get into their wetsuits and we're seeing these gigantic because they are like what you're saying they're like space they're like space wetsuits yeah they're, they're space suits for heavy heavy pressure because they are seven miles underneath and we're gonna see why we need them in just a minute but what i do like is like the magical oxygen scrubber cores that come out of the back of the suits it looks super cool it is super cool yeah i love the suits i thought they were fucking dope yeah. i like the science they're fiction cool. i like the science fiction Me too. elements of the film i think it's really cool and i love like i said earlier i love how they treat this like outer space even though it's underwater because that like I have a fear of open water so like anytime they were outside it's terrifying yeah I fucking hated those scenes but in the scene where they're putting on the space wetsuits that's when we see TJ Miller's crazy like Russian chest tattoo or whatever yeah. it was Emily is really scared and this is when she's asking like has anyone ever done this and 
we find out no, like occasionally somebody will have to go fix a pipe, but no, yeah. people don't like just walk across the bottom of the ocean. You yeah, know? but why would you? Like you wouldn't go out for a pleasure walk across the sea floor, right? You would only go exactly. out there if you had to for your job. So like th- I exactly. feel like they explained that away fine. You know there's some person on there that's like, ooh, that'd be cool. <sighs> the astronauts go on spacewalks and they're all excited about it. I'm sure anybody But they don't do it for fun. Even in space, they're going out there to like solder something that's right. been fucked up by space. Space debris yeah, or whatever. but I mean, like they're stoked about it because it's because it's life or death, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, it is a cool thing to be able to say you've done. But yeah, but basically, she's saying like the stakes of this are really high. There's not right. like old Jim who's made fifty ocean walks, you know. And I don't think any of them have done it. Maybe the captain, but no one else has really ever been outside the ship. Or sorry, drill. But they all get in their suits, and so they're going into. Oh, can I say this at first? Did you guys see when Rodrigo was handing the helmet to Kestu? He was looking at them like, which one should I give her? Oh, I think, really? Yeah, because what happens to him, his is already cracked. Uh-huh. And I think he saw that and he handed her the one that was not structurally compromised. Oh, I did mm. not catch that. Did you guys what not see that? What a yeah. good dude. Yeah. I know, mm. right? Because he was like, it might be okay, but I might get fucked. And he you know, sort of like sacrificed himself or at least took on the risk that did not pay out in his favor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because the next thing that's happening is they're going into the depressurized area and they're starting to open because I I got a little confused about where they were walking, but they're about to allow the pressure of the ocean in to do some kind of walk. And we start to see that crack. And this part terrified me why I don't want to swim in the ocean. Mm. Oh, because it's starting to crack. And then it's cracking a little more and he's like, oh shit, what the fuck, what the fuck? And they're trying to close the door, but it's too late. And so, man, he he implodes, but yep. it's like, it, oh, it's terrifying how it happens. It's like all of a sudden he's just not there anymore. Yeah. It looks like a uh, like an underwater mine went off. It's, like, it's an explosion. It uh, is. Yeah. It's, it's just the pressure uh, getting into his suit literally crushes him, mm, which is what would happen. Right. Yeah. Which leads me to my third bone to pick with this movie. And this is my last one, but way to play into the killing the black character first stereotype. Yeah. Maybe. I didn't like that one. Yeah. Like we don't, we didn't even learn his name. He says it, but like none of us knew anything about it. It just really bugged me. I thought yeah. for sure TJ Miller was going to be the first one to die. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and he easily could have been, you know? Yeah. And that's one of those things where I don't think the movie was intentionally making any kind of statement or doing anything, but it's just like now, like this is 20, this was 2017. We're now in 2020. Like you have to be aware of the optics yeah. of those kinds of things. You need to think about it, you know? And like, it's been an open joke about horror movies for like 30 years. Yeah. It's it been forever. I think doesn't scream talk about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that, and that was yeah, the nineties. Deep Blue Sea does. Yeah. It's just one of those things. And it's kind of going back to where I was like talking about Kristen Stewart and her love interest. Like when you have an opportunity to make a more progressive choice, filmmakers take it. You yeah, know? because it it really it matters. You know, it sounds like small things and like to this one particular movie, it doesn't matter, but it matters in the bigger sense, you know, well, because the, the next movie will do it, you know, yeah. and take the social stuff out of it. But that's super important. It makes your movie right. predictable and boring. Like, OK, black yeah. guy dies first. I mean, that's basically yeah. what, it, what it boils down to. And, it, and, and not only is that degrading to like a whole people, it's degrading to your audience. It's degrading to everybody. It, it just surprises me that nobody noticed that or nobody saw it. You mean who was actually working on the? Who was making yeah, the yeah, movie yeah, yeah. that nobody yeah. caught it before it came out? You know, I'm like, well, who? So that leads me like, who do you have working on this movie? You know, who's making this movie? I was really hoping the bone you had to pick was with the line of dialogue that said, 
What's the scariest part of the roller coaster? The line. Oh, it's like, not, no, it's not fucking true. not. The not, scariest part of the roller coaster is the roller coaster. You idiot. No, the scariest part is the clicking of the chain, which still would have worked in the metaphor. You mean like the <laughs> incline? Yeah. Before it starts. I yeah. mean, I'm, st- I'm still going to respectfully disagree with you. The scariest yeah. part of the roller coaster is when you're going on one and then it stops before you hit the terminal and your friend turns to you and says, now we're going to do the whole thing backwards. That's the scariest <laughs> part of the fucking no, roller coaster. I mean, I get his metaphor. was like the anticipation is scarier than the act. Right. But like the clinking of the chain going up the hill is a lot is a lot more better of a metaphor than uh, the line out front. So what you're saying, Mikey, is the dialogue in this movie isn't great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I, I've come around and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, it's not that great. I think this movie's a great action movie. I just don't think it's yeah. well written. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how much of it was my mind plugging the holes of the dialogue to make the movie great. I like how I just did it. Like I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. And I explained it to y'all. Right. And you're like, what? And I'm like, Did okay, I just made up my own movie in my mind. But it was great. It was a great movie. The Mikey cut? Yeah, the Mikey <laughs> cut of this movie is fucking fantastic. Okay, this is when I get a little lost when they're out in the ocean, which I kind of like because I feel like they are lost too, you know? It's like they're jumping down onto something. I think they're just going down to the bottom. Yeah, you know? Let me just say this. When you're jumping down onto something in the ocean, you're really just sinking. You're not jumping anywhere. They right. kept saying, jump down to me. It's a throwaway line, but they're like, "Let's, we're going to leave here, and then we're going to go to this elevator. Yes. And then take take the elevator the rest right. of the way down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so what they're, because at the beginning, we saw how long this ocean ship is. And so I think they just are like <laughs> systematically working their way down. <laughs> they are. You're right. In the ocean, Jen, they just call them ships. Yeah. Ah, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes. <laughs> uh, but all that to say, like, they are not supposed to really know what the fuck's going on. So I kind of like how disoriented you are when they get out of a ship, you know? Yeah. Anytime they were out and on the floor of the ocean or just like walking around, I was fucking terrified because it looks me like too. it looks like helmet cam found footage. And it was terrifying. I hated mm-hmm. that so much. So right. much. And even if there's not a monster, there are sharks. There are tra- like I've seen that episode of Planet Earth with the crazy fish that are down there. Like you don't know what's going to get you. Yeah, you, know? you don't know what lives seven miles underwater. All right, so they get back inside, and so she- now she's feeling really guilty about Rodrigo. Which I mean, if if Mikey, what you were saying is right, like he did sacrifice himself for her. Although I don't know how intentional that was. But- um, I realize we look a lot alike, but that was me that said that. <laughs> oh, what? Take- yeah, I'm going to take credit. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry, John. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I, I was not going to correct you. <laughs> All right, Todd. So, yeah, like, so, Todd, what you were saying earlier about whether he's, like, examining these helmets, like, he did, I don't know how intentional it was, but he does sacrifice his life for her. Because she does know he knew it was cracking. Like, it's not like this came out of the blue and he right. had this horrible death. So. Right. Well, and the captain says at this point, I know you feel upset, take that feeling and use it, which, I mean, could be maybe what motivates her arc later. Is like Do you think he gaslit her into killing me. herself? No. <laughs> wow. Now, it's not gas when it's underwater. It's bubble. Oh, yeah. Bubble lit. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think maybe that's kind of like somebody was willing to sacrifice for her so she can be willing to sacrifice for somebody else, you know. But they're now taking, it's like a, water elevator a water vader if you will yeah um they're they're in there and they're going down as fast as they can you know and they at this point they get like a distress call from another elevator that they're not quite down to yet it's a pod it's a pod oh shit yeah sorry 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 it Uh is a pod but it's sort of on their descent angle right so they're gonna pass really close to it so they're like well we're gonna stop yeah the captain says the word survivor like 90 times and they finally stop yeah he does right and then they are trying to decide who's gonna go out (laughs) To like Uh check on this pod 
and then he like volunteers Emily to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty funny. I thought so too. Yeah. And that's the thing. <laughs> one of the things I was talking about that bugs me is like, that's the kind of shit I would be saying. You know, I would be making those dumb jokes. Right. Because in a minute, like he gives her this stuffed bunny and he's like, if it doesn't make it, I'm going to haunt you. Yeah. You know, that like I <laughs> have probably said that to you guys at some point. That And those are the parts of the script that I do. Yeah. Really this like. is the dialogue yeah. that works for me too. But yeah. isn't this also where we find out that the captain has a 14-year-old daughter, or does he? And or when, does when he? Case Do sort of corrects her, he's like, she'd be around my age now, wouldn't she? Right. Yeah. 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 This is, well, it's after. So TJ Miller and John Gallagher Jr. are suiting up to go right. find out if there's anybody still alive in the pod. And while they're gone, they're just kind of shooting the shit or like what Mikey was saying earlier or, or was it Todd that was saying this um, like, <laughs> but like the small talk just to kind of like what else are you going to say you right. know and I do like Emily's character a lot and I think you know she she's I think the most developed which one's Emily JGJ fiance oh okay yeah I like her character yeah I don't know any of their names I'm sorry but we see Kristen Stewart looking at a picture of her and her guy who yeah. we're going to find out more about later and I didn't catch that the first time I watched the movie but I did this time and to your point Jen, that's really the only thing you'd have to change is what picture she's looking at. I know. <laughs> it's such an easy <gasps> lift. I know. Like, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And maybe yeah. she, yeah. I think it's, she does mention her fiance by name later. So you change one bit of dialogue and the photo that's in that thing she's looking at. And that's it. I know. So let's see. And Emily's talking about her corgi and like she's, um, she's just, just trying to distract her mind from being so scared. But so back to TJ Miller and JGJ. Yeah, TJ and JGJ, as they're outside of the like pod elevator going to the escape pod to see what's going on. Team Alphabet. <laughs> but they hear what sounds like birds chirping and they're asking like what's going on. Yeah, and then what the they fuck see... was that? They never address the birds chirping. And that's one of the things I think is bad writing is they set these things up that never pay off. Like nothing under there makes bird sounds. Uh, I just thought it was the creatures. Oh, well, we never hear that sound again and we yeah. never see them making that sound. So that never pays off in any way. Oh, uh, maybe it was the baby they kill. Wait, what? They kill a baby? The alien baby? Baby. Oh, right. alien baby. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, because that's the next thing. They find this crashed pod and they see it's covered with some kind of algae or algae. Algae? <laughs> what word are you trying to say? Emily says algae. And Wait, they really? Say algae. I missed that. I'm so sorry, Jen. I must have missed that. <laughs> no, oh my that's God. in the movie. <laughs> and then everybody just it is, yeah. It's so funny. Hey, but she's the research assistant. So, you know, if anybody's going to know how to pronounce it. It's like know. vitamins instead of vitamins. Oh, yeah. Or Al aluminum. Aluminum. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say that. Cheerio. Um, but anyways, this it's got this pod has it. And they find a wallet with a picture and then a body. And there's something fucked up. And now everybody starts to get scared. And they're like, just come back. Just come back. Just come back. And then... Todd, was this the jump scare that got you? This was the jump scare that uh. literally, and if you saw my tweet last night, I mm -hmm. jumped up and I landed when I fell back down. I landed on the remote and the whole TV turned off. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the alien got So we, we had to go back through like, all right, let's go back and get <laughs> to the movie and then play oh. it again. Yeah. It picked up right where we left off. So we didn't have to like fast forward. But yeah, it, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Did they call that the reset of shame? <laughs> the fast forward of shame? <laughs> but it scared the shit out of me. It was it is so really scary. scary. There are so many jump scares in this movie that are fucking horrible. 
Yeah, I kind of agree, but I don't feel like they're overplayed. Anyways, so what we find out, it's a tiny little thing, and this is where I could see the connection to Alien because it looks like a dead chest burster. They find it, and they shoot it. John Geller Jr. shoots it and pulls it back, and so they're just looking at it. Oh, yeah, we forgot that they brought nail guns because they're like, oh, that sounds like something's out there. Let's bring nail guns. Yeah, which right, is a which good smart. call. But so we see this thing, and it lo- it's like this shriveled up old pink thing that's dead. It looks like it- an old man's penis. Wow. Okay, Mikey, how many old men are you looking at? I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, so I don't, that's I, I'm, a, sh- I'm sure I don't know what you mean. Mikey has an interesting know. nightlife. Do you, you try to poke it with a stick and try to find where its mouth is, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> I work in the healthcare industry and I have seen some, <laughs> I've seen a variety of dong. People always get naked at work and it's never, it's never good nudity. It's not, it's not, it's no, it's, it's like, never going to be. Do Mikey. you have to tell your team? Guys, we're all going to make it. We're going to survive. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. This is not going to be usable nudity, but yeah. <laughs> so we see this tiny alien body yes. on this table and Emily's like poking it and it jerks when she's poking it. And so like, yeah, it does when it, oh geez. Um, and it's going to like scurry <laughs> off and start singing. Hello, my baby. Um, it does but it look doesn't. a lot like that guy in Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Who yeah. does that? Yeah. Or like an old man's dick, like Mikey was saying. <laughs> but she just touched a nerve and so that made it spasm a little bit, right? You know, like yes, she did. But and that's I think an intentional, like, okay, yeah, I think we're gonna go this alien direction, but we're not, you know? yeah, um, because that's that's the only part that was really like the head to head comparison. But it, we also see that it's got talons, and it might be a new species. But now they've still got to go down, and they keep hearing like banging noises from outside. And then T.J. Miller asks, "Is that thing a baby?" Mm. Which I think is really ominous. Because then we got a giant jump scare where a big one like jumps on yeah. top of space elevator. Yeah. Elevator, yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And they're looking up and I think that that's when they see an explosion. Well, yeah, the Kepler starts to explode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think we should close that door, which I, I just like the way this whole thing played out. I think it was very tense, you know, and I appreciated it. But they do go into that. What is sort of the airlock, but it's like the water lock place, what, right? Yeah. What I really like about the scene is that as it explodes, you just see the shadow of the creature looking into the thing. Thing, yeah, the explosion outline. It, it was a cool shot. Yeah, the effects of this are really, really great. Yeah, because as the thing above them has exploded, that's what their elevator was connected to. So now that thing is just sinking, not in free fall, but sinking. Although sometimes you forget that it's in water, you know, which is cool right, right. because it wasn't filmed in water. The water was added later. <laughs> so they've got to go into that place. They just it, because they're going to have to run out as soon as it hits the ground to not be crushed, you know, so they have to depressurize themselves. Yeah, because it's going to fall onto them. The Kepler is, sorry. Yeah, and this part was so cool because they get down, they all start running out, they kind of just scatter, and then there's just debris raining down everywhere, and I thought it was really cool. Also, it was shocked that nobody died in this. Well, I thought JGJ did, because, like, he gets fucked up in this part because a part does Mm -hmm. land on his suit, yeah. Yeah, he pushes his fiance out of the way, and he takes a direct hit to his oxygen scrubber. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Is that the part you're talking about? Yeah. Uh-huh. Earlier. Uh, that's that's okay. how his suit gets messed up. This is like a half criticism for this because I do like it in some ways, but when they were out, it, I did kind of lose track of who was. Yeah, who, me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, which I don't hate because again, like I said, that's how the uh, the people would experience it. But yeah, it just kind of you know it makes it a little bit harder to follow because they're all wearing the exact same suit that make them look the exact same way. Right. Unless we get a close up, we don't know who it is. Right. They eventually get to the midway station but they start to see like one of the monsters is just standing there kind of like watching them you know well this is where we start to see monsters like on the periphery 
as yeah. they're like looking around. It was fucking terrifying. You see their eyes glowing. That's like the only part of them you can see really. And then you'll see them turn and like yeah. illuminate them for a second. And then they go. It was fucking terrifying. I hated I it. Here's my criticism is that those creatures look like just sea people like mermen. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Except with different mouths. But yeah. I really like the creature design in this. And like I we will see it a little bit later more clearly. But yes. I, it reminded me of like a jellyfish kind of thing, but like also a skeleton, you know, a skeletal fish. Yeah. I guess. And so now they get into the midway station and they all kind of can reassess. And that's when they realize Smith inhaled some fumes when he got that, when his suit got damaged. That's yeah. JGJ. Yeah. And that's because his yeah. oxygen scrubber got fucked. Yeah. But so now they're on a cart going through a long tunnel through the station, you know, they get to a place where it's flooded. So they have to stop. And there's another Alice in Wonderland reference here, which I was like, mm. yeah, doesn't pay off at all. I know. I wish it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would have been but- cooler is it, every time he makes an Alice in Wonderland reference, he makes a, oh, what if it's this sea monster from whatever, you know? Right. And just one of them happens to be Cthulhu or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I told you. And they think something might be following them because they keep hearing these banging noises that they're starting to suspect are not explosions. Yes. They're being like hunted. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so now they're, Kristen Stewart gets out and she's going to go through the underwater segment. <laughs> they get out and walk in where it's flooded and they walk right. as far as they can. Right. But then the top is caved in a little bit. So mm-hmm. they can't sort of continue walking. They have to put their helmets on and go under it. And I thought this is a little rude of Case to do because there's another woman present. But she goes, I'm the smallest right in front of the other girl. <laughs> and I think that that's super rude to do. <laughs> it's, I didn't actually notice that. But I also think... <laughs> JTJ is not a big guy. No, no, no I, I, yeah. And listen, I just think it's rude to say, uh, I'm clearly the smallest, Emily. <laughs> she was not doing well. We saw you looking at those Moon Pie rappers. Oh, yeah. We know. We know, we know she Emily. likes them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she could have said, I know Emily is too terrified to do this. So. <laughs> yeah. um, which is... Which it's true, yeah. Uh, Emily's uh, level 10 freaking out this whole time. She is, yeah, although she's starting to yeah, kind of go. Yeah, she's because, about to become a badass, though, but yeah. Because Kristen Stewart goes through, and then she goes right behind her. But, yeah. like, every time we've seen something terrible, like, she screams and, like, loses her shit. Yes. You know? But this is when I noticed that I love how supportive everybody is, you know, yeah. because there's no, like, I, I kept waiting for T.J. Miller, like, when he's the last one to, like, have some nefarious plot or something, you know? And they don't. It's just everybody's trying to do their best, you know? Yeah. But so everybody gets through except for uh, T.J. Miller. And he he does get through, but his arm got caught on something. I think T.J. Miller saw the creature walking in the hallway uh, towards them Mm. in the water, but like sort of above the water and in the water, you know, like a crocodile eye thing. And that's why he has that other person go first before him. He sort Mm. of sacrifices himself on some level because I think he Uh. saw it. And then uh, he goes, because he doesn't want to die. He's going to go immediately when he right. can. Well, there is a moment when he goes without waiting. He's like, fuck it, no, I'm just yeah, going to Yeah, and I think that's why he does that. He's like, okay, the other yeah. person's got to be through by now. I'm going to go. So he yeah. goes under, and then he sort of gets up enough that they can take his helmet off. Mm-hmm. And then he gets grabbed by whatever. I think it's actually the, uh, like, they grab the, the, the line. Yeah, the, line the line they were using, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he's still mm-hmm. att- attached to it. And they like can't, the tether, yeah. they can't unattach him. So they, yeah. he just he literally gets ripped until his leg gets pulled out of the suit and then the pressure of the water crushes him. Yeah, and it really, it scared me. And the thing that scared me the most is when he's like being dragged under and they put his helmet on really quickly. And I think that just, it, he looks so scared in that moment and is like, 
it's just reminded me of like all of the dangers that are around because if they couldn't get that on like he would have died anyways because he would have been underwater and wouldn't have been yeah. able to bleed the only thing i don't like about this part is that water that's in the area that they're on is not mm-hmm. pressurized it would be like oh, you yeah, yeah. it would be like you at your pool you know mm-hmm. you would feel the weight of it but it wouldn't it, he wouldn't implode like rodrigo did but that's yeah. sort of what looks like there JGJ was like they pulled him out of his suit by his leg socket or whatever. That is sort of what happened, but you see mm-hmm. like the the implosion. You see the blood fill up his um, yeah. yeah where his face was. You know, ugh, which just... wouldn't wouldn't happen. But I mean, yeah. I still think the effects are fucking dope in this movie, and that's like my only so very small complaint with that. T.J. Miller's death was really terrifying. It was. And the rest, the rest of the group was like, let's get out of the water right now. I remember thinking when T.J. Miller saw like the alien eyes or whatever, or mm. at least we see them, and I got the impression that we were seeing his perspective. Maybe I just read mm. that wrong. I was like, oh, T.J. Miller's so fucked. And then he gets to the other side, and I was like, oh, no shit, T.J. Miller made it through. And then the mm. second they pulled the line, I was like, oh, no, 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 he's fucked. Okay, yeah. he is fucked. My bad. Yeah, okay. I feel like we're talking about this movie, like we're kind of talking about it and picking it apart, and we're saying these things that kind of bug us but none of this stuff is enough to take you out of the movie i don't feel like because it just i agree moves so fast you know from an action movie perspective you just don't really care that much but because exactly. of, because of the way it's written i also don't really care that much about the characters right, which right, i think right. is a detriment overall to the movie but i still sort of liked it right exactly but I, I don't notice as many of these things as i'm watching the movie it's more just because we're talking about it you know sure yeah all right so now they have their reset moment and they're talking about how a jgj suit is super damaged and he's like i'm not going to make it you should go on without me yeah he says i can't lose anybody else which i think is kind of a reference to her fiance or just the other people in the team i don't know yeah it's not really developed it's not really clear yeah but so now they are walking on the ocean floor and they're trying to make it to the the roebuck before they go back out to try and make it towards the roebuck again the captain is looking out like the front of the whatever they're in the midway Mm. station and there's a crack in the glass And everyone's helmet off and he pushes Mm -hmm. the crack until it cracks more. Like, why would you do that? You insane person. It made me so mad. That glass is like super thick. So, I mean, like he was just testing it. So once it started cracking, he's like, oh, we got to go now. Yeah, but wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't you be like, hey, guys. I'm going to poke this thing because I'm interested to see how cracked it is. Like, there's mm-hmm. no reason to ever do that. And then, no. But he doesn't warn them that he's going to do that thing that could potentially kill everyone instantly if right. the water rushes in there and squishes them because they don't have their helmets I on. I don't even think he pushed. I think he just touched it because he was kind of thinking about what they should do next. And it kind of cracked. Yeah. But they're in that station and there's like, oh, this station sucks. There's nothing here that really helps us. So they're like, let's go to the other drill. Yeah. Because the drill that they're in, they're trying to go to the road which was their original plan. Yeah, just, well, and the know. Midway Station doesn't have escape pods. They're, they just exactly. went there because it was on the way. Right. And then they're right. going to head to the Roebuck, which is further away. And they can breathe for a minute. Yeah. And this is yeah. when GJJ is like, what destroyed the drill? And I was like, I don't know, anything, any one of the million reasons that could destroy an underwater station? Exactly. Yeah, he says how many, bi- it's like a 6,000 tons. Yeah, 6,000 yeah. tons was how much it weighed, yeah. And this is when Emily says we're not supposed to be down here. And like, we've drilled too much and now like the ocean is starting to take it back, which I think is interesting. She has the Gandalf moment of saying we dug too deep and we discovered mm-hmm. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Swim, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> um, now they're walking. Walking to the Roebuck, and they're just going to follow these markers across the plateau. Yes. JGJ, like, he knows he's not going to have enough oxygen to make it. So they're like, take shallow breath. And they're like, they're trying to, mm-hmm. they're starting to carry him. 
Right. So we've introduced a JGJ clock. A JGJ yes. oxygen clock, Jen. Yes, if yeah. you will. Oxyclock. But as they're walking, like, we see one of the ghosty, like, skelly, skeleton jellyfish, like, right behind Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And then it grabs JGJ and pulls him into this, like, Cave looking destruction thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? It looks like it like something that was under debris from the, yeah. the exploded Kepler station. Yeah, but they're able to get him back pretty quickly. So they just Well the captain him. just runs in there, sort of dives in there and gets to him. And I thought mm-hmm. JGJ was done for. I did too. And I thought the captain was gonna be done for going to get him. Me too. Yeah. And then they pull they pull JGJ out, and then the captain's like, Oh, I left my gun. So he goes back for his gun. And that's when I knew yeah. the captain was gonna get something bad happen to him. But before yeah. this they see all the, the squid fish or whatever you call those guys. Mm-hmm. They see them start like to come around them and they're like, turn your lights off. And I was yes. like, that's a fucking horrible thing to do because mm-hmm. I don't want to watch this movie anymore. I, li- <laughs> I had my hands over my face and was like covering my eyes, but like had, I had them opened a little bit so I could see like a little bit of what was going on. Uh-huh. And then that's when JGJ gets taken. Yeah, JGJ gets taken at that point. But when yeah. the captain goes back to get him, that's when the captain gets taken. Yeah, and that's when the captain gets, like, snacked. And this part was super confusing because yes. I didn't realize that the captain and K-Stu were connected. I didn't either. And you just see one of them get dragged. You don't see both mm-hmm. of them get dragged. So when they end up on I, some catwalk type thing, yeah. I thought there was only one person there. And then it reveals that it was K-Stu, right? right. And I was like, oh, I, I thought that was the captain, but I guess it was K-Stu. And then you realize the captain's up there, too. You're like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was super confused. The yeah. second time, I kind of figured it out a little bit more because I just was expecting it, you know? But sure. yeah, I had no fucking clue what was going on the first time. They must have cut the scene where they tethered together. Yeah, or maybe it was just a throwaway line that Kristen Stewart mumbled through or something. What's happening is she's Kristen Stewart is on top, and she's helping... Um, Vincent Cassell, the captain, get up on top, and then but there's a, a skeleton guy on there who's jellyfishing over mm-hmm. a squid fishy. Yeah, squid fishy, and he's like sucker, like sucking up on her faceplate. So Vincent attacks it. I think he was stabbing it, or he maybe yeah, he's just got punching like a knife. It. No. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see the knife in his hand, but he was talking about, I have a knife. Help me get my knife so I can cut us free. She says, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> and he start, But he does start to crocodile Dundee the back of that squid fishy. Yeah, and then the yeah, squid yeah. fish grabs the line and just starts dragging both of them to the surface. Right, right. Well, dragging him, but by proxy dragging her because yes, she's yes, still yes, attached yeah. to him. Yeah. And this part I thought was so cool. And I think this is kind of a turning point for her. Because she's like, he's going up too fast and it's going to like depressurize the suit and he's going to implode. And we hear this um, happening, like there's an alarm going off, like the suit's structural stability is about to break. And it's like 10%, 9%, 8%. Yeah, we have a a, a suit structure ticking clock at this point. Exactly, (laughs) a suit structure clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he's saying, (laughs) let go, you have to let go or you're going to die too. And she can't, but he's the one that actually cuts or cuts the line or lets go. Isn't that what happens? Yeah, Yeah, he he cuts the line and then he does an underwater explosion. Implosion, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys watched the explosion of that. It's the air in his suit explodes because it's Mm. it's rising too fast so that there's the Mm -hmm. pressure of the air in the suit actually builds up pushing outward and it blows up outward and then immediately contracts because the pressure of the water outside pushes it together. It was a very, very cool explosion, but it's, shows it's that cool. they did a really shitty job engineering those suits to not have a way to let the water or the air on the inside sort of go out 
No, no, if, like, if the I pressure think, needs to equalize like that. I think it was yeah. like the core of the suit exploding too. It could think, be, but my only point was the it does explode out and then go mm-hmm. back in. It was it's a really cool effect. It's basic water science, guys. <laughs> All right, so but she gets to the floor and there's like this giant octopus thing right there, which I don't that think scared is the a shit skeleton out of guy. Me. No, it's yeah. a, it's just a, it's a legit octopus. Like oh, exactly. What are you doing? Oh wait, we're at the bottom of the ocean and that's terrifying. Also, <laughs> right, which I really liked. I was like, oh shit. And so now she finds a pipe and she's like following it like they do in Jurassic Park. And she gets to the shepherd drill, which was the abandoned thing we yeah, have talked about absolutely. that they just mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And she does um, the first thing you should do. In this situation, which is take a shower. Why does she do that? She has to cry. That is such. She can't chop wood. Yeah, she can't chop wood. She's underwater. Yeah. This moment of the movie felt so ridiculous to me. I was like, why would you take a 30 minute shower? You're going to use all the hot water and there's nobody there to light the burner again. Yeah. Well, also, like, how wet does she need to be? (laughs) No joke, Jen. It felt like the director was like, okay, well, we haven't seen Case do almost naked in 40 minutes. So we need to get her almost naked right here. And then that's when she can go search for another suit to wear because hers got damaged. Right, Which is is what happens, but, like, there's no need for that other than let's get her naked again. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. We don't need the shower scene for her to look for, like, another suit, and that's when she finds the captain's locker and find that the death uh, announcement or whatever the... It was like a program from her her yeah. funeral or whatever, which, which is I, super sad. And I still have some from my yeah. dad's, but so like it makes sense that you might keep that sort of a memento. But like, but we don't need that shower scene for her to discover that. You know, it would have been sadder for trying to play foosball by herself. <laughs> well, and they that, do show the foosball table. Yeah, they absolutely. do. That like yeah. would drive home <laughs> the fact that she's alone. And then it pans up to a sign that says it's against company policy to play foosball on your own. Oh. <laughs> Five friends. <laughs> so, but we also see a weird string, like red string map. Um, well, it shows like, all the drill locations. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now she's got a plan. So we get our plan montage and her getting ready montage. Did you guys see the monsters that were drawn? on that map yeah it was very it was a little ominous monstrous which i think was supposed to allude that he was kind of involved in the knowing that there's some kind of monster down here you know yeah yeah none of that pays off yeah and i'm okay with that because i don't want him to be like a bad character you know like i don't want him to be like the character in deep blue sea who actually caused all of this because of his careless actions you mean the doctor yeah 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 but like that's the thing if it's just going to be a mention like why include it you know? Yeah. Anyways, so she's got her plan montage and she's also kind of mad and she sees an old yellow suit. So now she gets out. So she's gotten this. Is it the yellow suit or is it the white suit? It's a yellow suit. Okay. So she's found old yeller and she's walking around <laughs> on the bottom. Um, and I like how she's just like, I'm just going to keep walking and talking and we'll see. So yeah, she, I mean, she this wants was, to meet up with the survivors from the, the yeah. Scooby team, if you will. And she's just talking. She's like, if anybody hears me, keep going. And she does see Emily who's talking. She starts well, she to hears hear first, Emily yeah. talking to Smith and it's really sweet. And so Emily is dragging Smith along the ocean. Who's doing sort of the same thing for herself and for JGJ. She's yeah. just sort of talking to keep him awake mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of to pass the time or whatever. Yeah. Right. And probably to keep her kind of still mentally present. Oh, yeah. yeah. But she's scared of her. I think she doesn't realize that it's case due at first. But then, like, this is, I think, kind of the turning point for Emily, too. Like, when she doesn't have any more options. She becomes a badass. 
She right. does. And okay, so we were talking about how we wanted more of Emily. And like, I think the reason I don't necessarily need more from her is because I really love how she and Kate and Nora's relationship works together. And it almost kind of feels like this passing the torch thing, you know, mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it would have been interesting to to follow Emily through the end of the movie. But I love that yeah. it's like there she's empowering her, but it's not like... There's no like cat fighting. There's no like they're just supporting each other. And I really like that. Yeah. I mean, really, the only thing that even comes close to like a cat fight, quote unquote, would be when Case 2 jumps on top of Emily when Emily thinks she's being attacked. And she's just like, no, it's me. It's fine. It's fine. Right. 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 And that's just, I think she just doesn't know what's going on. You yeah. Know? Because her air's low too, because she didn't have like that 35 minute cry shower that Kristen Stewart got. Right. So now they're both dragging JGJ along the bottom of the ocean and he's still alive. Um, He's just all passed out or whatever. And this is when we get this exposition scene about K Stu's fiance. And I wrote that it was Smith's best friend because this is when they're talking about it. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. I think it's great that we all have three different stories. Like each one of us has a different perspective (laughs) because Mikey thinks it was TJ Miller's character. And I think it was the captain. And I have no idea which one of us is right because the dialogue and the writing in this is not great. And you just don't know. Yeah. But to your point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter because he said she she made him promise or he promised not to ever talk about it, which would make sense of, to why Emily doesn't know what they're talking about yeah. either, you know? Um, but so she had a fiancé, and this is when I had a hard time fucking understanding what she was saying. Basically, mm-hmm. the fiancé died. Yes. He dra- he drowned. He went swimming, and they, they mm-hmm. couldn't find him. They went scuba yeah. diving, yeah. And she was really upset, and she's talking about being powerless and not being able to change anything, which I think is really the point of this, you know? But they do eventually get to the Roebuck, and they get it to the doorway, which is like red light vestibule area, and they see that Very cool t- shot. It, it is really very, very is. cool. Yeah. And I like the sequence. And this is the, um, there are tons of these things and it's just, the it squid looks fishes, like, the squid fishes are just hanging mm-hmm. asleep above like, the walkway into the roebuck. Yeah. They so, look like jellyfish bats. Yeah. They mm-hmm. do look like bats, but there's yeah. no gravity underwater. So, you know, it doesn't matter, but they're like, there's still gravity. It's just in water. That's fair. Yeah, or else you <laughs> wouldn't sink. That's a good point, Mikey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but they decide to walk, uh, you know, under them. As best yes. they can, because they're asleep. And they have to. That's right. how they, they, they're standing between them and the door, yeah. But what we didn't know is that the whole time they were walking, there was actually a low oxygen ticking yeah. clock that was mm-hmm. about to go off, and it goes off in a very spectacularly bad way. It does, yeah, yeah. And so, because Emily's alarm goes off, um, and then Smith, like, hears it and is like, hey, that's fucked up, which I, I does. Yeah. Um, but so they're still walking, and so, because what else are they going to do? And so Nora, one of the things scratches along her face, and I love how it just kind of barely clicked a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's like barely it, waking up, but it's slowly yeah. waking up, yeah. But it's so creepy. I don't know yeah. if we're doing justice how creepy a lot of this is. And she took is. a giant flare gun from the other place. Yeah, oh, which yeah, is about to come two, back into, yeah. Yeah, it's about to come back into play here. We should yeah. just go ahead and say that before the scene starts. And so it wakes up and it's trying to like smash her. And I think this is the moment that I was thinking about earlier that is the inversion of it's trying to smash because... her. It's literally engulfing her. It's like swallowing well, before her. That, though, it's it smashes her, yeah. her around and then it goes and it eats her and it goes and like surrounds her, which is like 
the opposite of what Alien does, and she is the one that bursts out of this thing with her flare ah. gun, which I love. I thought that was a really cool. Once like, it once it does get down over her arm, she like lifts her arm up inside with the with the flare gun and shoots the flare gun, and it literally right. just kills the thing instantly. It, like goes through him to the top of him. And that's one of the things I think is so cool about these suits, you know, because like in a movie like Anaconda or something like that would kill you immediately, but because they're yeah. in these super fucked up durable suits, we can see this thing like sucking on her face and it's mm-hmm. not like we can still see it without her dying you know it's, it's just really cool i mean she's totally inside of it yeah she is she busts out of it but there are still a ton more and now yeah. they're all um like about to get her except they hear something and they all look and they're like Ugh! and she shoots her other flare at it and we just see a shadow yep. of this huge monster it's awesome it's cthulhu for sure it is cthulhu yeah and that has been confirmed by the director too oh has it yeah so we see him and he's got this huge like monster face with like octopus chin and so there's another explosion and then they wake up inside this is when i kind of lost the thread of what the she hell. loses consciousness yeah she loses consciousness because her oxygen runs out or whatever cthulhu like brings down his hand and causes a big shockwave oh yeah because mm. cthulhu has uh, an explosive hand or whatever May- i mean That's maybe right. he hit something that exploded you don't really know you don't really need to know shit gets fucked yeah. up she gets thrown and then emily comes out and saves her yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and pulls her in too. Yeah, and so her oxygen level is low too, and so Emily can't get her helmet off and starts just smashing it with like a fire, uh, like a fire yeah, extinguisher. They get thing. back inside, decompress, but they couldn't get the hel- her helmet off. Yeah, and then they eventually do get her out of the suit, but I mean, they just didn't have enough time to get her out of the suit. You know, exactly. Yeah, because she has to breathe, and that's why I think Emily's a badass. She's awesome, she is. right? But so now they're all uh, they're all safe. They're all I think JGJ is a little fucked up, but they're all out of their suits and they're in this robot. This is my favorite moment because they're looking out over the drill jgj just looks at because Chith- Cthulhu's settled inside the drill and he's like what in the hell yeah uh-huh yeah, yeah. how long was i passed out <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um so they get into the control room and they're seeing cthulhu and this is when we start to see a lot of him and just how big he is and so they they're like well fuck this so they go to the pods and they find out there are three pods hooray Yay! but one of them is defective and Cthulhu is destroying the drill so they're like we gotta get out of here because it's like it's it's all being torn apart by Cthulhu and so but Nora's the only one that sees that one of them is defective right and so they get JGJ in and he's like no 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 I'll go last I'll go last guys right yeah and they're like no 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 you're too fucked up and I love that moment because right. they're both like taking care of him you know and he is getting oxygen but he's still sort of oxygen deprived so he's not like in his right right state of mind and really probably is not safe for him to stay behind even if there were three safe pods you know exactly no he's not 100 percent. but so they send him off and they have their sweet little moment she gives him the rabbit yeah and then emily's like okay you go next because emily now is in badass mode and she's like okay go ahead i'm gonna take care of this shit and that's when she realizes by Kristen stewart's acting that like something is wrong with this pod right yeah and so then they're having that moment of like, is it going to be you or me? And Kristen Stewart just punches her. And punches says, her in the fucking face. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think kind of completes her arc of like sacrificing herself, you know. And so since Emily and Emily feels really bad, but she's also, I think, kind of, you know, accepting of it. too. Yeah. yeah well, she goes. She does. Yeah. So they send Emily up. And so now Stu's taking she's sitting sadly in the water watching. This part of the movie really fucking bothered me because if under regular circumstances the escape pod wasn't working, you would call a mechanical engineer to come fix it. And it wasn't mm. that the escape pod didn't have power. In fact, the red light, green light to show if it's working is flickering back and forth. 
So there may be a very easy fix that she could have done to fix that, but she didn't do it. She just sat there and was like, oh, I guess I'll just kill myself because why the right. fuck not? I, I mean, I shouldn't just fix this, which I clearly know how to do because I was able to unstick a door and I was able to right. like jerry-rig oh, a I bulkhead thought- to close. Like she, she easily could have fixed that. Well, and I also think there's the motivation of not wanting because what we see is she goes to like the radar thing and she sees, I called them the children, like all the little skeleton men yeah, the squid fishes, starting yeah. to go to the pods. And so we see that there is motivation for her to stay behind and try to blow them all up but there's not any of that mentioned before she right. has decided not to try to fix that pod and right. that's where i think there's a little bit of it a is positioned as she would have left if that pod right. worked but she doesn't ever try and make that pod work and since well i may as well kill all these monsters while i'm down here dying anyway which i i, I sort of like the way it ended but I, I yeah. just I don't understand why she wouldn't have tried to fix it. And that bothered me a little bit. Yeah. Or at least like w- let us see that it is irreparable, you know, but it, because yeah. it's just ambiguous. Here's what bothered me about this scene. <laughs> I like how Uh-oh. we're focused on a thing that bothered us, but it's not the right thing. It's not the right thing. So then she decides. I don't want to hear about the layout of this space. <laughs> no, no, no. So then she decides I'm going to kill this these things before it kills my friends. She can just overload the reactor and ha- cause an underwater nuclear explosion. And there's not even a password to enter in this like computer. No. Yeah. She just like flicks a switch and blows up everybody. That's not good design. No. That's how good of a mechanic she is. Yeah. A mechanical engineer. Yeah. She wills oh. it. Um, but yeah, she just decides like, and this is when we hear a little bit of the voiceover where she's talking about how it's like a lot of energy with nowhere to go. And it's very young adult novel dialogue. It kind of is. And I like it, but you yeah, lose your sense of time in the dark. So let's yeah. light this shit up. It, yeah. It's Ugh. just kind of, I feel like it's just kind of jarring. It yeah. doesn't, it kind of fits, <laughs> but it doesn't. You know? Yeah. And she's kind of talking about like saying the same things that she was saying at the beginning, but I like how they show this. But powerless is just a yeah. feeling, not a, yeah. uh, not, not reality. And it's time to stop feeling and start doing, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. I don't know mm-hmm. how much I but like But that doesn't that, but... at all agree with her story arc at all. That's why it should have right. been Emily, because Emily does have that story arc. Mm-hmm. Nora does not. No, she is action-oriented throughout yeah. the entire thing. Like, there's never a time when she's afraid to do something, right. except when she's afraid to, like, sacrifice someone else. So I guess maybe she's deciding to sacrifice herself I now, mean, she but... sacrificed those two guys at the very beginning without a second thought. So Well, yeah, that's true but like as we're talking about this i feel like we just there's so much lifting you have to do to like make the narrative fall into place that it just i feel like just a couple more edits could have right, tightened right. it up mm-hmm. yeah but all that to say i don't really notice it while i'm watching the movie because it's just fun it, you it's know? just going too fast yeah i did notice it while watching the movie but it didn't make me hate the movie right yeah yeah it didn't take me out of it yeah. in any moments and i love this explosion I think it's really cool. I love how we see Cthulhu. We see a lot of his body at this point, including the wings. We start to see him kind of crawl out, but he still gets kind of overtaken by it. And it's just like the water going up. And then it's a big ass explosion underwater and it's awesome looking. Yeah, right. It is really cool. Uh, and then we see, I think this is as the uh, closing credits are happening. It we is, to yeah. See. Because at that point, that's sort of like, and, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some end credits where you do get right. a little bit of the continued story. Which is that Emily and Smith made it and they're trying to cover up. Oh, also Rabbit made it. Did it bother anybody else that they showed a picture of them measuring the rabbit? Why would they have measured the rabbit? That makes no sense. And why would that be so newsworthy? It's in a news uh. clipping. 
I know. It's science. <laughs> I know. Unless the people investigating think the rabbit was behind it, there's no need for that. Was the rabbit behind it? You'll never know, Mikey, until the <laughs> sequel. Well, okay. And so that's the thing because they're like, I feel like if it were 10 years down the road and this was the first of like a, a, a Cthulhu connected universe and they had taken all of these seeds and expanded on it, like I feel like that it's almost like that's what they're doing. But it just doesn't come together enough for any of this stuff to make sense. Sort of like you know? a Cloverfield universe. Y- yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Or like if you don't have any clue what the fuck Thor's hammer is, and oh you my see God. that at the end of Iron Man, then you're like, what the fuck is that? They should have yeah. just called this underwater Cloverfield. <laughs> <laughs> but then it couldn't have been Cthulhu. It would have had to have been one of the other monsters or you whatever. Don't know. Could, you don't know. I mean, that's fair. I mean, maybe Cloverfield is Cthulhu. Boom. Let's do some final thoughts and that we've talked about it and we've discussed it. So what did you guys think about it overall? I really loved it. I think like there are some things I could pick apart and I said my big three things that bugged me, but I did really enjoy the movie. Like none of the things that I didn't like about it took me out of it and kept me from not liking it. I dig this movie. I think it's really, it's a great action, science fiction, you know, horror action film. I really like this movie and it, and it moves at such a fast pace. You don't really have time to think about the problems of the movie. Yeah. Now that we've kind of analyzed it, I feel like maybe it's really good because I plugged the holes with my head. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I still think it's really entertaining. Yeah, I think this movie is utterly watchable. I don't think you should seek it out to watch it. But if it's on, sit down and enjoy it. But it's one that I'll probably forget almost immediately after this episode. Well, one of the things I really like about it is I like, I mean, I feel like it's a feminist movie that doesn't like rub your face in it, you know, because it's very empowering. I don't think it's overly feminist. Yeah, I mean. I don't think so either. But I, I don't necessarily disagree, Jen. But yeah, it's not, it doesn't smack you in the face with it like Assassination Nation does. Yeah, exactly. But it's, oh, I love that movie. But it's a great, like, depiction of female characters. Like, this is the way I wish more movies wrote female characters. I think it's a good depiction. I think it could have been great if they would have tweaked some of the things we talked about, you and I talked about. Yeah, if they had fixed the writing, I think it could have been an awesome movie. And I think it's just Mm -hmm. a good movie because the writing's pretty bad. But the story is okay and the effects are fucking dope. Yeah. I hope I never see this again just because it was pretty scary. (laughs) And it's the kind of scary that really gets me. I hate open water. I hate jump scares and I hate found footage. So anytime they were out in the open water, it was found footage from their helmet cam and there were a shitload of jump scares. So it was mm-hmm. like fucking terrifying to me. But I don't think overall the movie was horrible. I just don't think it it nailed it, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk some box office. All right. Box office. So what do you think the budget for this movie was? $30 million. All right, Mikey, let's take a guess. What do you think? $30 million and $1. Oh, geez. So the budget for this movie was <laughs> $65 million. Oh, my Boom. God. Yeah. That's not good. This movie is not getting a sequel. No, it is not. It was filmed in 2017, <laughs> and we sort of talked about this before. I thought this was going to fall under box office, but I think I might be stealing a fun fact, Jen. You might be. That's okay. It was filmed in 2017, and because of the Fox-Disney merger, it was shelved. Yep. Um, and then eventually when the Fox-Disney merger went through, Disney was like, whatever, just put it out. So they put right. it out. You know, it was in January, and the COVID stuff happened sort of around that time. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think it made? Let's do in its opening weekend first. Uh, so in its opening weekend, what do you guys think it made? Again, it was January 10th, early January of this year. $17 million. Okay. I think it did. 15 million opening weekend and then like okay. 30 million overall. Well, we'll talk about that when we get there. So Underwater was seventh in its first week out and it made mm. $7 million its opening weekend. It was up against 1917, Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars film, Jumanji, Like a Boss, Just Mercy and Little Women. 
and all six of those movies beat it. So Underwater did beat Frozen, Knives Out, Spies in Disguise, and then the Grudge remake that had also come out. Yeah, but a lot of those were old and like, or about to be in the Oscars. This is why they call January like the dumping ground for movies. If you have a release in January, it's either because you're an Oscar winner that did not get a huge release, so they're re-releasing mm-hmm. it to get that Oscar buzz, mm-hmm. or it's a shitty movie in the in the eyes of the studio, and they're just trying to get it out. Yeah, or they or they've got a spot they need to fill, and they have this right, yeah. and that's sort yeah. of what happened with this. Now, Mikey, you said you thought it made about thirty million domestically. Is that what your guess was? Yeah, I guess. But now I'm thinking that's a little high. <laughs> do you want to re-guess, Mikey? What do you think? What do you guys think it made domestically? 17. I'm sticking with 17. Yeah. Mikey's still in my number, but I'm sticking with it. It's exactly 17. It made $17.29 million. Nice. Domestically. It made another 21 internationally, putting it up at almost $40 million. And then it made $2.1 million on domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. Full disclosure, I think I may have accidentally read 17. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fair, wow. Fair enough. <laughs> I was reading Wikipedia and, so, and I usually try to skip over, but sometimes I see it. It happens. So it, it did not make its budget back. And because it was shelved for three years, the studio that actually made it had to pay interest on the loans they took out to finance it so it actually was even a bigger box office bomb than what the numbers look like because the studio that produced it couldn't make any money off of it until disney decided to put it out so the company really got screwed by that fox disney merger and also the fact that it wasn't a great movie and probably would never have made much money i did read an article about it was box office related jen i didn't want to usurp your fun facts but they said they probably missed out about a hundred thousand dollars in revenue because mm. of the COVID-19 shutdowns. It. But that that sort of stuff didn't happen until March, right? And this yeah. movie was already trailing to be out of theaters by like the first or second week of March anyway. Because it yeah. wasn't making much money anyway. Uh, a lot of theaters had dropped it out of its rotation. Like it went from 3,000 theaters. And by the time COVID-19 shut everything down, it was in 61 theaters. But Jen, do you have some fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. Okay. Hit us with your fun fact. do do so we yeah. have talked a little bit about some of this. Um, it takes place in the year 2050. Oh, does it? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, I think Smith's parents were maybe meeting right now, maybe falling Aww. in love right now. Having unprotected sex. I honestly thought I it mean, took maybe. place in 1985 because she looks at a Polaroid picture at one point. It's retro. It's retro, Todd. Yeah, get <laughs> She's apparently. a hipster. <laughs> apparently, yeah. So I had mentioned earlier that T.J. Miller has some, he has an allegation. I'm not going to go too into this because there's, a, I read an article about this and it kind of, it messed with me. Like there, this story is a little bit disturbing, um, but he has an accusation of, a pretty credible accusation of sexually and physically assaulting a woman while he was in college. He denies it. Um, oh, so this is from like a long time ago then. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, shit before he was even famous. So he was always a shitty dude. Fuck. Yeah, I was reading um, some stories about him, like intimidating other women who had been assaulted by their boyfriends or like threatening to ruin careers. Ugh, so he just sounds God. like it, it's one of those things. It's like, fuck, I really want to like you. I know. But like, I can't, you know. But so I wonder. And so that had come out after this was filmed. Yeah. But before it was released. So I think that might have been part of the decision to just dump it in January, too. It's like, yeah. let's just get this thing out, you know, because you can't spend that much money on a movie and not do anything with it. And know? not try and get some of it back. Right. A 20 million dollar loss is much better than a 65 million dollar loss. Right. right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I there's a lot more to that story, and I just don't want to say it here because it's I don't think we need to have all the details, and it could be a little triggering. But if you want to know, link, Google it. 
exactly. The information yeah. is out there. That sucks, man. Fuck that. It, I know, man. Yeah, it just pisses me off. You know, not at the people who accused him of him for doing that shit. Yeah, that's what know? I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just want to make that clear because I don't want it to be like I wish I didn't know. I wish it didn't happen. Yeah, I wish know? I could like him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Kristen Stewart shaved her head for this role, which makes me love her. They wanted her to be barefoot in the opening scene. And if we noted, like her character is barefoot through most of the movie when she's yeah. not wearing a suit. Yeah. But I think for liability, they were worried that she would cut her feet. So they actually gave her shoes that they painted flesh toned. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought it was funny. The suits that they wore were like 140 pounds, so they were huge. And they were airtight, so they had a really hard time hearing the director sometimes when oh, they wow. were wearing them. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. You'd think they'd get like radios or something to put inside them so they can hear like, each other. Yeah. The characters in the movie can hear. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like it's almost there, but just a couple of tweaks I think would have been really effective, you know? Yeah. The rabbit was originally intended to be a real rabbit that he was going to, oh. like, carry through. Um, and wow. they actually okay. never told, and they were just going to sub in, like, a, I guess a CGI rabbit or something. And they never told T.J. Miller that it wasn't going to be a real rabbit. He thought it was going to be a real rabbit. Oh the no, whole time. shit. Okay. Yeah. So and it's funny. Like every time you look at it, like and I didn't notice this until after I'd read this fun fact that they're like handling the stuffed rabbit like it's a real rabbit. Yeah. You know, nobody's like throwing it at anybody, which I think is interesting because they thought it was going to be a real rabbit in the yeah, end. Yeah. That is super interesting. I know. Okay. So the Marianas Trench that we were talking about, or the Mariana Trench, I think, yeah. is a real place. It's I think it's located under or around Guam, which I think technically would put it under U.S. territory, but I'm not 100% sure about that. But it is the deepest location on Earth. It's also the bluest location on Earth. Awesome. <laughs> but it's so it's seven miles deep. And if you placed Mount Everest at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the peak would still be covered by 7,000 feet of water. Jesus. To put in perspective how deep that is. Yeah. That's insane. I know. Uh, and yeah, like you were mentioning earlier, we have not actually been able to explore as deep as yeah. it is. So there could be a Cthulhu down there. This is technically a Cthulhu mythos or mythos story. And that is uh, the connected universe originated from H.P. Lovecraft about Cthulhu, who is the central creature in the story, The Call of Cthulhu from 1928. And I also want to go on record and say Lovecraft is pretty racist. Yeah. So when you look, I just want to make sure we say that. A lot of writers have continued to write stories in the Cthulhu mythos, um, and they've taken a lot of those elements out. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Um, and they can do that because Cthulhu is in public domain, so they can do whatever the fuck they ah. want. But so it was originally supposed to be like a whale-like creature, and I think they changed it to Cthulhu in post-production because, I mean, why the fuck not? And it's cool. And yeah. for people that are really into Lovecraft, like, you don't see a whole lot of Lovecraft stuff. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, it's Cthulhu, you know? I also want to say I'm not a huge Lovecraft fan, so I don't know a ton about Cthulhu, just in case I mess some of the stuff up. And if you are really into that and you know a lot about it, please feel free to reach out and share some of this stuff. He's described as a monster of vaguely anthropoid outline with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind and forefeet, and long, narrow wings behind it. And it's said to be so terrible that it destroys the sanity of those who see it. And that's the one thing where... 
we've talked about how you can't see things clearly a lot of times. And that's the one time that I like it, you know, because I think some of the stories I've read, it like it breaks your mind. If you see like your mind cannot comprehend how terrible and scary he is. So he's supposed to be the leader or the priest of the old ones. And those are species that came to Earth from the stars before humans. And they went dormant. And they had a city that slipped under the Earth's crust beneath the Pacific Ocean. Huh. And they, like, telepathically communicate um, with some humans and some, or some still remember or they, like, are aware of them. And so there's a cult of Cthulhu. And they will try to awaken him and make the city rise. So that's kind of more about the whole mythos mm, of Okay, him. sure. He's also seen in The Nameless City and The Whisperer in the Darkness. But yeah, if you know more about him and Lovecraft in general, like I'd yeah, love, I'd to, love to know more. It. It's just not something I personally have explored. I don't, that yeah, I don't know anything about that universe. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. Well, you're very welcome. So let's do that scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we used to rank how scary we thought the movie was. It's not the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, what you got? I'm going to give it a six. What? Yeah, it was <laughs> super fucking jump scary, man. And that's really gets me. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't give up a little five because I literally got scared so much. I came out of my seat. And then when I returned to it, I sat on the remote and turned the TV off, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, those jump scares are no joke. Yeah, they are real. Mikey, what are you giving it? A <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> it's also your second time seeing it. It was my first right. time seeing uh, it. Yeah, it, 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 it scared me the first time. Yeah. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, partly because I have a fear of open water. Same. And so just the, the ocean just freaks me out yeah and i feel like the jump scares are effective and there's enough like just regular being in the ocean things mm -hmm. that will kill you that you're yeah. consistently on edge you know like we, we just saw giant fucking octopus you know yeah i don't Those know things where. can be mean so yeah i'm gonna give it a four i think i think this is a really effective movie despite all the stuff we talked about like it's scary it's fun it's good yeah i think if you if it comes on and you watch it you're not gonna be upset you watched it Exactly. Yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch Underwater. Underwater. What are you guys making me watch next week? Next week, we are continuing Aquatic Horror. Yeah. Month. Right. And this was a Mikey pick, so I'm going to let Mikey introduce Ooh. it. Ooh. Uh, I picked one of the Abyss Alien ripoffs that, uh, well, <laughs> Alien Underwater ripoffs that came out in like the late 80s, early 90s. There's like four of them, but I just, I let Jen pick. We watched the trailers. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and I'd never heard of either of them, so I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I think I've seen both of them, and they're both like dumb in a way that's going to be great. So we are watching Deep Star 6 next yes. week. I've never heard of this movie, so I have no idea what to expect. Have you heard of Alien? Yes, we did it. Mikey, we you were on that episode. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is that underwater and also bad. I'm on board. Let's How do this. How can we lose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. So, guys, your homework for this week is to watch Deep Sea 6. Deep Star 6. Sorry. And Underworld, too. <laughs> All right, Mikey, you ready to read a review? Nope. All right, well, while Mikey gets ready to read a review, let me tell you guys how you can have your review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review. And all you have to do is go to Apple iTunes, write in a little message that Mikey can have a little fun reading, and give us that five stars, and we will read it on the podcast. It's just that easy. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us? I have a, a, a couple. Yeah, we got a lot this week. Okay, uh, Roof says, my new <laughs> obsession. Okay, I discovered The Horror Virgin on May 12th, 2020 oh. th through comments wow. on another podcast. Oh. It's now May 31st, and I've worked my way through almost the entire back catalog. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so when did she discover That's a lot. <laughs> May 12th to 31st. 
holy shit and she's already listened to all of them or almost uh, all of them yeah uh just i That's having insane. just finished episode 103 oh so she's almost completely caught up yeah i'm sad wow. to be reaching the point where i'll have to wait between episodes of Aww. jen mikey and todd that's so Aww. sweet excellent summarizing analyzing and lovingly mocking horror movies that i'm far Aww. too scared to ever actually watch oh she's a horror <laughs> virgin like me i don't oh, think I'll- there are dozens of us <laughs> i don't <laughs> I don't think I'll ever laugh as much as I did listening to the House 2 episode. Dude, I don't think I'll ever laugh as much as I did <laughs> making the House 2 episode. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, but, I, but I continue to wonder what moment in each episode will inevitably cause, inevitably cause me to spit take. Nice. Uh, they've kept me a company on my commute to my essential job and while Aww. stuck at home on days off. But Aww. even once everything settles down, I'll still be listening. Thanks for the distractions and laughter. I continue. <laughs> Thank you for that essential work that you're doing. She's not done yes. yet. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse I can- me. <laughs> I continue to force my husband and anyone else I can to join me in the horror virgin experience. Oh, I love Aww, it. Thanks you. for Five spreading stars. the good news. That is mm-hmm. the horror virgin. That's right. Such a sweet review. Thank well, thank you. you very much, Roof, for an amazing review. We appreciate it, guys. And make sure you leave a review so we can read yours on the podcast. All right. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so do us a favor and check out their shows like The Losers Club, The Assembly, Kyle Meredith with This Must Be the Gig, Halloweenies. Fifth mm-hmm. Dimension, The Opus, The Assembly, yeah. and Ghost Echoes. Yeah, absolutely. Check out all those awesome shows, guys. And also check out their website, Consequence of Sound. And if you want to check out our shit, go to HorrorVirgin.com or follow us on socials <laughs> at horror virgin you just you, you want to see our shit just come to our website or whatever you I always mean, laugh at that, I, I say that every week and you lose your shit every time it's like i think it's I so know. funny you can also check us out on socials at horror virgin and if you want to follow us individually check out jen at jen Ferratu with two n's mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome and guys if you want to help financially support the show please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin we got a lot of great levels and a lot of great things a lot of great bonus episodes and we're about to record one of those right now yeah Um, so if you want to get that content uh any of the video content we put up the listener requests that we do monthly and every level can suggest movies to do and vote on movies in the listener request. So you get it on that at patreon.com slash horror virgin. But if you can't or don't want to financially support the show, but you still want some daily free content from us, go over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror virgin, which we link pretty much every week. So if you don't want to remember what the URL is, just look for that link on our socials and you'll find it. But it's an awesome, great, super supportive, over 820 member growing community. It's- so thank Thank you for uh, joining us for Underwater <laughs> yeah. and for Aquatic Horror. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. <laughs> Have an amazing, safe week, even though the world is ending. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Stay safe out there. Protest nerds. Yep. That, you know, they really ripped off the abyss if they kept that rabbit being an actual rabbit because there's a mouse in the abyss that does yep. the exact same thing. Yep, it would have been a complete ripoff, except they didn't ever drown the uh, rabbit to prove the <laughs> underwater like breathing serum to work. Fuck. But yeah, I that wish part we could in do... the movie is brutal. It's a great I... movie, though. Oh, we should do the abyss. I when Ed Harris movie. punches that woman back to life. Oh, you never stop fighting for anything, you bitch. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.